Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt. This is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 14th of June 2013. For newcomers, please go into the archive section at cuttingthroughthematrix.com. You'll find lots of audios for free download there where I go through the system you're born into. And it truly is a controlled system, completely controlled in fact. So much so that for those who gradually wake up, because there's a whole bunch of series of steps to take to, to actually wake up and realize how bad it is, to realize you've been conned and conditioned your whole life long to suit the masters that run the world. But only once you understand it, does everything fall into place and you can see through all the news and you'll see what's really going on behind the news stories that are given out for you to read. And you'll find it too, who, all the people on the organizations and so on that run the world, where they're taking it and so on, were treated like children. Literally, literally like children at the bottom level. That's a mass of humanity. And remember too, when you're having yourself to the audios and so on, uh, you can also download uh, transcripts in English and all the sites listed at cuttingthroughthematrix.com and you can get transcripts in other languages if you go into alanwattsentinel.eu. And you bring me to you, you're the audience to bring me to you, so don't bring on advertisers as guests. I don't uh, sell products. All I have is the books and discs at cuttingthroughthematrix.com, which help you to wake up through the process and to understand what's really going on and who you are, in fact, because you, you're really a composite at the moment of your indoctrinations. Even your opinions are given to you. Even the causes you fight for are given to you as well, and they're all for other reasons than you ever, ever imagine. So for, to order the books and discs, remember, at cuttingthroughmedias.com, you can still use personal checks from the U.S. to Canada. You can use international postal money orders from the U.S. to Canada. You can send cash or use PayPal across the world, Western Union MoneyGram and PayPal. And straight donations are seriously welcome as we go through the inflationary times, which are planned a long time ago, because the big boys who run the world, as they grab all of the resources for themselves and big international corporations, are determined to, that uh, it's going to bring, bring you into austerity. Uh, and they'll, they'll charge you a lot more for all the energy you use, everything you buy, because energy taxes and carbon taxes will be tacked onto every purchase of every single item. And uh, they'll give you less energy for your own consumption at home and electricity and gas and all the rest of it. And they'll get more and more profit by giving you less. That's uh, that's big business for you. And believe you me, all the sustainability and all the rest of it, it's all a part of the big, big con to bring the, the global society under their total control. You're in the age of corporate wars. You've been living through it. To, uh, in fact, it was on the go before you were born. And even before the 1940s, the, the, the big um, military institutions in Britain and elsewhere were talking about the coming privatization and corporate wars and resource wars of the world as massive, massive in, in international corporations got bigger and bigger. And then they put their own boys into politics and to all levels of government. And it's been that way for a long time. You can go back a hundred years to, to the Royal Institute of International Affairs that set up the plan for this whole takeover. Uh, they set up the IMF, the World Bank, the Bank for International Settlements.
settlements, the United Nations, they run it all themselves too. Uh, all the members of the, the newspapers across the world are members of the same organization. In the U.S., they tend to call it the Council on Foreign Relations, the same organization still. And they're using us, of course, the people at the bottom, to finance all their big enterprises for their own private businesses, including their banks. That's why we, we bail them out after they plan to, to crash. They lose nothing, they gain a lot. And they even get more power afterwards than they had before. So we're going into the complete privatization of society and the world and government too. Government's just a joke today. Back with more after this. Hi folks, I'm back, cutting through the matrix, talking about the big system, which is really a private system, and how the general public have been conned and trained to believe that they still have governments and the governments look after them and all that kind of stuff. In fact, you've been trained not to even participate and even be bothered by what governments are up to. That was a deliberate thing, started many, many years ago, and what you tend to get today is simply marketing PR blurbs that come out through the marketers from the White House or in Canada or Ottawa and so on, or from London, and go straight into the newspapers. It's all made for public consumption through PR specialists. So we're already trained to simply accept that and go and play and don't bother about big things above your heads. And most folk actually accept that. They've been trained to accept that. But as I say before, that many, many talks were done, even in the 1800s, early 1900s, about the coming world system, that the big boys themselves, who were already in charge of big international corporations, they started with banks, then, then brought them together, uh, and, uh, and got corporate banks, basically across the world, private banks, central banks, and they thought they could, they could force these central banks across the whole planet through warfare, and then, then eventually they could take over the world that way. And then under their private banking system, they could also own the military-industrial complex, which they do. But they also use the taxpayers to fund all these corporations into existence on their behalf, you see. They get it for free. And it's been that way for an awful long time. They also said that democracy uh, would actually turn into a, a, a thing where um, preferred, preferred organizations that got together on certain topics would be given access to politicians, but the average person who simply voted for parties would have no say whatsoever except for voting. And that's happened too. That was a hundred years ago they said that. So we're living through an agenda, and the plan, of course, was always to bring in a privatization of the world, a new feudal system. And Carl Quigley, who was the historian for the Royal Institute of International Affairs Council on Foreign Relations, he said that himself. He said, we're bringing a new feudal system in where the new CEOs will be the overlords. CEOs of private corporations will be the overlords uh, in the world. And that's happened. You watched politicians coming in and out of uh, private CEO positions and, and corporations into politics. Uh, they get their, their jobs done. They're well paid off for it, of course, when they get out. And they go back into the big corporations again. It's a revolving door. And we see the privatization of so many things. We see the incredible funding, not just of banks from the taxpayer, but all big projects across the world from the taxpayers. And that's your job. You're the the serfs, if you don't know it by now. You're the serfs. But again, we're managed again by a fantastic um, array of thousands of think tanks comprising of specialists in human behavior. 
and you've got neuroscientists galore. You've got uh, um, people who specialize in, in, in wording and terminology and um, psycholinguistics, used to call it, now it's neurolinguistics, same thing. But that you're actually like a computer when you think about it because a computer has a particular logic built into it and it has a, a program that must function on to run the logic and so on and come to its conclusions. If you're feeding questions, it must come to, to answers. In fact, a good programmer should know uh, the answers before that the computer is going to spew out because of its logic, he understands it and its program. Well, we're much the same. So how we get presented with news and everything else is, is very, very carefully done by teams of specialists to make sure that you arrive at the conditioned opinions about things, preconditioned opinions, and most folk do. You're also kept incredibly naive because you watch so much nonsense of uh, propaganda through movies and fiction and dramas, which again always hypes up the, the marvelous system you're living in and the special folk fighting for your rights in, in all the fiction that you watch. There's militaries always stopping bad guys from killing you and there's police up all night going without sleep to get, to get the bad guys that are victimizing the little people at the bottom. It's all propaganda all propaganda to make sure the system keeps control over everyone. And it works incredibly well. Incredibly well. I've mentioned the movie before quite a few times called Rollerball. And Rollerball was a bit of ahead of its time because the guys inside a lot of these different science fictions get inside information, of course, from people who are already working in the big think tanks on certain things which we now have today. And in Rollerball they had the corporate wars and how the public were entertained, and so on. And that's really where we are today. Uh, democracy itself has never had a proper definition, if you notice. It really doesn't have a definition. Uh, it's elastic, and it's made to be elastic so they can keep stretching it or bending it whenever it goes off in a different tangent or direction. When uh, democracy was first introduced, supposedly, people had nations. But the whole intent of those who ran the system was to be international to do away with the nations and to bring them into blocks, trading blocks that they would then set in competition against each other, which of course is happening today. Karl Marx talked about it. He was put up by the big boys in London to write all his stuff. And you find the Royal Institute for International Affairs also came out with the same program of creating free trade and trading blocks, including a North American one and then eventually a whole one for the Americas. And that's what's still ongoing. I've got lots of articles up on my website cutting through the com, going to the archives on that. And uh, again, the Far Eastern Pacific Rim too, all done by the Royal Institute of International Affairs through the Institute of Pacific Relations. They even set up China too, way, way in advance before it even had factories to produce stuff. We were training the engineers for 30 odd years before the, the factories built, before the World Trade Organization, again a private organization set up by the Royal Institute of International Affairs, um, was on the go. And then once it was signed, we, we uploaded our factories over to China. But well, we didn't do it. Of course, those masters who were already rulers did it, in fact. And they knew there'd be a massive fallout in the Western countries uh, because all the jobs were going abroad. So we're living through someone else's plan, of course. Uh, you'll notice there's, there's no complaints department in this system at all. It really isn't. All the nonsense about uh, war and terror is, to, is a war on you, all of you, to keep you under wraps so they can keep security going to the fullest extent on you because in the system that they were bringing in, everyone has to be totally surveilled. That, that's all from the, 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 the upper middle to the bottom. 
you see. That's all of you. To be surveilled totally, 24 hours a day. To make sure people don't really wake up, partly. But also, too, and I've said it many years ago to the present time, if you go through the history of uh, secret services, you'll find out that the Britain as I've mentioned before, and you'll find the same with the French governments and the German governments and many other ones. They all had thousands of spies working in their major cities, just listening to gossip in the 1800s, in cafes, restaurants, bars, and so on, to see what the public were thinking. They even put their own articles in the newspapers, and then they would send the guys out to see what, how it was taking in the, in the pubs and the bars and so on. Were they actually chatting about it? Uh, were they getting the right opinions about what we want them to think about, etc.? Lawrence of Arabia wrote about that. He was trained to do that, and he was sent over to do it in, Africa, in Arabic countries. He was given the start-up money. He had a whole team he worked with, and that was their job, to start up newspapers over there in those countries and put out propaganda and stories and then go send up hundreds and hundreds of the, uh, of the locals paid to listen in the bazaars and so on to see if it was working. Today it's Internet and iPhones and all the rest of it. As perfected, perfected folks. And most folk never figure it out. Mind you, a lot of folk don't want to figure it out because they're quite happy. I remember many years ago, uh, Bill Cooper said that lots of folk will love this new socialist system because it's perpetual infantilism. You don't have to worry about big problems because you will believe, you will believe uh, that you're allowed to play as much as you want, to work as little as you want, and you also believe that uh, anything happens, you lose your work or job, there's always agencies going to jump right in there and, and just wrap you in cotton wool and take care of you. And people do believe that. And that's why the big welfare system was created. Because those who took over the system are the richest people on the planet, who also brought you the far left as well, to make sure they had a massive voting base to keep them in. Today doesn't matter what party you vote for, the members at the top all belong, all belong to the one organization, CFR, also called Royal Institute of International Affairs. It doesn't matter what party you vote for, and that came out again from their own personal historian. They've been in for a hundred years. Now, back to privatization. Controversial security firm, the G-Force is called, G-Force, British it's not British, but it's international, so own it. Has enjoyed a 20% surge in government contracts as taxpayers' money. Despite a string of blunders, the new figures show, the company which failed to recruit enough guards for the London Olympics earned £394 million from the taxpayer in 2012 to 13, which is up £328.5 million a year earlier. The revelation sparked claims it was becoming the private army of the state. Well, of course it is. But I'll tell you another thing, too. See, your, your, the army they already have of the state is also a private army. That's why you're called private, by the way, when you join. That's your rank. You're not public anymore. You're privately owned. And the state can do with you as they wish. Which they do. And every war, and it's true, is to do with economics. Don't, don't believe all the rubbish that's spewed out before. War is about money, economics, winning, plundering. It always has been. Stealing, if you like. Doesn't matter what it takes. And as I say, as the world gets smaller and smaller, as far as the big international corporations are concerned, they're doing more and more and more of it as they go after all of the resources of the planet. 
It says that just, just weeks before the London Olympics opened July last year, G-Force admitted it would not be able to provide the thousands of guards it promised. Its reputation was severely damaged when 3,500 troops were called in to provide security at the biggest event. Now, the thing is, too, this G-Force just got uh, Bill Gates, you know, the lovely man who's a, such a philanthropist. He wants, to, he wants to help the world and all that and and end disease by inoculating people against diseases often that they don't have at all. Uh, they're almost extinct, some of them. So you wonder, you got to wonder why he's really at it. Mind you, too, you've got to go into his parents and find out they were big, big in Planned Parenthood and population reduction. But he's put massive, massive shares in the private armies to keep the peace, you understand. Back with more after this. Hi folks, we're back, cutting through the matrix. Also tonight I'm putting up uh, an article that ties in with what I've been talking about for years, and I've mentioned it many times, about the Sherpas. Sherpas are the bureaucrats that you'd never hear about, so you don't hear about because they're kept under wraps. And because you're supposed to believe that uh, all the world leaders get together, the G20, the G8, and all the other big G-whiz things they do, all these private organizations that just form themselves without your consent, of course, and using your tax money for everything and make big world decisions using your tax money again. But the Sherpas go ahead. They work for years for every meeting. And they do all the groundwork. They go across the world meeting other Sherpas from other countries. And they live a great life, mind you. Good travel, the whole bit. Good food. Big expense account. And they, they also get insider information for their own private investments and all that, because everybody does that kind of stuff in government. But they, they, uh, they, they prepare everything for the guys getting together for their big dinners, where they have lots of toast to each other, and of course that's what's given to the press. So the general public think it's all to do with a, a meeting, and, and they just suddenly decide at the meeting what to do. No, they just go in there, have lots of meals, they get their prostitutes laid on for them too, that's been in all the papers many times, and then the, and big booze, drinks and so on, parties, and then they sign the documents and do their photo ops, and then that's it, that's the new law and all the rest of it. Well, the Sherpas do the work. This one says, heading for the G8 summit with your Sherpa. This is they prepare for the G8 summit, bragging and fighting for their bosses, and the bosses aren't new. This is because they carry the weight of the summit's work. They're called Sherpas, like most famous of Himalayan baggage barriers. And it says, on Monday, the heads of state governments of the world's eight leading industrialized countries meet for their yearly summit. Again, too, remember, you're run by private institutions. Uh, no vote was given to the general public for the G20 or the G or anything else. They just formed it themselves because they're run by the Royal Institute of International Affairs, and it's, and which is a private organization. And it says, this time in North Irish law, everything is ready to go. The closing statements have already been prepared. To nearly the last detail, only a few points about global economics and foreign policy end up being discussed. Even these bracketed packages of the draft's closing statement end up getting removed. Over the course of two days, the Sherpas or sub-negotiators of the eight chiefs could occupy themselves with this task for an entire night, as was the case at last year's summit at Camp David in the U.S. Over several sessions, the eight Sherpas and their special working groups, including Sioux Sherpas, have over the last months already processed topics that were specified by the British G8 presidency. 
and it says that German Chancellor Angela Merkel counts on Lars Henrik Roller to, to shoulder her burdens. He's the one Sherpa for her country. For the past two years, economists and computer scientists have been Merkel's right-hand man for the G8 and also the G20, in which developing countries take part. The rather reserved uh, roller got into politics through the back door, to speak, so to speak, from a private business school. The 54-year-old now directs the economics and finance department for the chancellery and as such has a direct line to the chancellor. They're all bankers, folks. And Merkel is the one who sets the broad strokes for the negotiations. Sherpas hardly ever make public appearances. Their comment, commenting to the media is frowned upon. They're supposed to be kept secret. You're supposed to think that the, the prime minister's and presidents so are the guys making all the deals. This is one reason why the DW's sources for the story are preferred to remain anonymous. Secretiveness, discretion and a certain esprit de corps are all part of the Sherpa's role. They bargain hard with each other, becoming close over the course of often informal negotiations rounds. The Sherpas who negotiate over economic matters are often tougher than their bosses, and you better believe it. This is in the end, there should remain at least a bit of space for compromise during the actual summit, said a diplomat familiar with the customs of the G8. Each has her or his national interests and pet issue, the diplomat told the DW. It says, and I'll put this up tonight with a bunch of other things on Sherpas from different countries, including Canada's, uh, that folk I've never heard of, of course, but they're very important people, because they work for the, the, the big private bosses and all the rest of it to make national deals and buy and sell countries and, and so on. This is the real world, folks. It's the real world. Also, an article come out too. It says, um, Secret Service to outspoken Obama critic will come for your guns if you keep talking about Obama. I'll put this up tonight as well. And I've said to me, at times we live in a system run by gangsters. And the folk who get to top and crawl their way or stab their way or, or, or assassinate their way to the top and big, big business. And that happens all the time. Uh, are ruthless. They are utterly ruthless. So it happens all the time. And government, believe you me, is very ruthless too. Also with Monsanto, of course, I've mentioned before that in this day and age, uh, international corporations run the world. And that's why Monsanto, obviously, is just like Bill Gates, is a created thing from another organization deep above, uh, within and above government. Uh, they push Monsanto to the top of the world to get all the seeds rights, because once they have all the food rights of the world, uh, we're all their slaves. It's quite simple. Business is war to these boys. Complete, total, all-out war. In, in every possible way possible. But organics growers, it says, lose their decision in the suit versus Monsanto over seeds. Naturally they did, because the, the so-called justice system is a joke. It serves uh, the big corporate interests. They all know that. And the, the judges all go, always go along with Monsanto. Happened in Canada, it's happened across the world. Monsanto Company Monday won another round of legal battles with U.S. organic growers as an appeals court threw out the growers' efforts to stop the company from suing farmers if traces of its patented biotech genes are found in crops. The U.S. Court of Appeals, the Federation Circuit, uh, affirmed a previous ruling that the found organic growers had no reason to try to block Monsanto from suing them as the company had pledged it would not take them to court if biotech crops accidentally mixed in with organics. That put dozens and dozens and dozens of farms out, Monsanto, by suing them. And the judges say, I don't care if a bird poops it into your ground, you have the stolen property. Here's justice for you. Back with more after this. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. 
because you can handle the truth. Hi, folks. We're cutting through the matrix. Also tonight, I put an article that says that NSA surveillance, the U.S. is behaving like China, it says here. And it's always the, the truths and partial truths and, and also stuff they don't understand in, in the articles because uh, this guy compares living in China, because he's lived in China and the U.S., and he, he compares how it's all going much the same way. And he says this is why China's behind uh, the West and all of its rules and laws and rights and so on. Is it behind or is it ahead? Think about it, because I really don't see much difference. We're snooped on just as much as China. And at the moment, they're not acting on all the stuff that they know you're yapping about or talking about or whatever, because they don't want to come to, to let it all out to the bag. They know all about you every day, as they update you every day. But eventually they will, because China will just step in immediately on anybody they want to get. But that will come in the West as well. So who's behind who, really? Also, an article, too, to do with uh, the big deals the internationalists have made with China. And, of course, uh, we know that uh, the Panama Canal was given to the Chinese corporation, basically, years ago, uh, for all the big, massive trading, so that all the Western corporations that are based in China can bring all their cheap goods into the West. Nicaragua Waterway, so Nicaragua they're building a waterway to dwarf Panama Canal, it says. The Chinese firms to build and run the $40 billion transoceanic plan as opponents demand proper secured, uh, scrutiny of environmental impacts and so on. And it says uh, Nicaragua's parliament is due to vote on Thursday on one of the biggest infrastructure projects in Latin America's history, a transnational or transoceanic canal that is to be built and run by a Chinese company. If it goes ahead, the $40 billion scheme, which is twice as expensive as Brazil's Belo Monte Dam and likely to be three times longer than the Panama Canal, looks set to transform global shipping and jumpstart the economy of the Central Asian American nation. As well as the waterway, the draft agreement between Nicaragua and Hong Kong registered firm, uh, says Nicaraguan Canal Development Investment Company Limited, includes provisions for two free trade zones, again, free trade zones, an airport and a dry canal freight railway. Of the largest project in Latin America in a hundred years, Ronald McLean, the executive fronting the operation in Managua, told the Guardian. So, big things are going ahead. This business, as I say, get, takes over all. Thing. Mind you, there's a lot of public funding when this one again. There always is massive, massive fund, funding from the peasants. The peasants don't mind, mind you. They've been trained not to mind. Also, the Met Office has had so many scandals. And you know, at the moment, there's a whole bunch of climate meetings going on as they discuss carbon taxes for us all and so on. A great new economy for them all to get stinking rich on as we get poorer and poorer. And um, and also money to, to tax all their big new uh, uh, things they want to come out with under the guise of green energy, etc. They don't have to actually produce anything, just, just pretend they're making something, claim billions of bucks for it, and then say that they couldn't quite make it because they don't guarantee to produce. You understand how it all works? But the Met Office holds emergency meeting to discuss Britain's increasingly unpredictable weather patterns. Well, it's unpredictable because, you see, since 1998, there's been massive, organized, authorized geoengineering of the atmosphere going on for all those years at right to the present day. And if you go into the big world meetings they've had on geoengineering, the scientists say that if they go ahead with it, which they've been doing, of course, 
uh, if, if they were to go ahead with it, it, says it, would co- it could cause massive disruptions to weather patterns. So you're living through disruptions, and, and you're not supposed to know. You're not supposed to know they're already doing it. And then they can turn around and blame you and get you to pay carbon taxes and all this kind of con. Science is used as a weapon against you, and ignorance as well. Deliberately, you're deliberately kept in ignorance. And every government knows that they're in on it. Because they've been geoengineering for years and years. Too many articles out in mainstream too. Too many leaks came out. And you can see it with your own eyes if you care to stop looking at your cell phone and look up once in a while. Also, we know that the Bush family, of course, are neocons, which is not conservative. In fact, they started off as a liberal group in the U.S., and a special liberal group, though, with a special tie to another country. And Jeb Bush is kind of on the neocon line. He says, immigrants are more fertile to reform debate, he says. The former fraud of government, Jeb Bush, told a gathering of Christian conservatives this morning he was sick to his stomach about the slow pace of economic recovery and outlined a four-point plan for speeding it up. Amongst the point was immigration overhaul. And one of Bush's uh, arguments in discussing his support for the Senate's version, immigrants are more fertile. He says immigrants create far more businesses than native-born Americans. Bush declared at the Faith and Freedom Coalition Conference in Washington. You understand all the religions are used totally too. Bernays says don't start up an organization. Use ones that already exist. Then, then use them for your purpose. So immigrants are more fertile and they love families. They have more intact families. That's because they haven't had sort of 60 years of degrading television, getting worse and worse and worse by, by intention, mind you, to destroy the culture and the people. See, a war has been declared a long time ago and people, they didn't know it. So then tight families are to come in and they bring together a younger population. They have children. Uh, amazing, they actually have children, don't abort them. Immigrants can, can, can create an engine of economic prosperity. Indeed, the argument about the fertility rate of immigrants has gained traction among some conservatives. And President Obama's outgoing chairman of the, Com- the Council of Economic Advisors, Alan Kruger, said at a U.S. Hispanic Chamber of Commerce event earlier this year, given current trends, nearly all of the growth of the nation's working age population in the next 40 years will be accounted for by immigrants and their children. And there's another article too, which is about goodbye white America in the mainstream as well. And you will celebrate it when it happens, you'll be told to. Because it's been a long, long war coming, you see. Long war. Also, we know that Brazil and Argentina is getting hammered again by the IMF and all the big international corporate boys because there's so much to get, that they want to get in there and get out of there, extract lots of stuff out of there. Because there's a lot of wealth there in the ground. And it says, Brazil is lacking in the fight against human trafficking here. And it says, uh, Rio de Janeiro, in contravention of the international law in Brazil, trafficking in human beings remains invisible and unpunished, which encourages the practice of trafficking for sexual exploitation, forced labor, illegal adoption, and the trade in human organs, according to experts. Now, they're just grabbing children, uh, killing them, and, 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 uh, and taking their, their organs. This is quite common for a worldwide traffic. Local laws punish drug trafficking more severely than human trafficking. The sale of drugs carries penalties between 5 and 15 years, while trafficking of persons for sexual exploitation is punished with a maximum sentence of 8 years with work release allowed. I see certain people's, certain internationalists accept slavery as being a normal thing in society. They don't see anything wrong with it. 
And says human trafficking is still an invisible crime. And we have here now is a real impunity, says Judge Ronaldo Presidio Barros, a member of the National Council of Justice Working Group on Human Trafficking. An average 1,000 persons a year are recruited in Brazil and sent abroad, the public's prosecutor office said at a public hearing. And it says... Um, Trafficking persons, prevention, repression, care of victims and legal associations that it held in the city in May, on May 17th. The goal was to gather and share information about combating human trafficking and to organise joint action to prevent and crack down on crime. But of course, it's, they've been saying this for years in, in Brazil because it's such a big, big business in human trafficking. A lot of these folk are trafficked abroad for the life. They're carried live abroad and stripped of their organs and killed. They just go missing and no one checks up on it. Happens all the time. One of them was arrested in Rome, in fact. This is an Israeli arrested in Rome for organ trafficking. He escaped from Brazil while on leave from prison in 2009 after being convicted of leading a kidney purchasing ring. And, of course, uh, he was well up to his eyes in it, too. And lots of them are doing that, of course. That's the real world we live in, folks. See, in a financial system... Uh, which is nothing but a financial system of greed and corruption and winners and losers. Uh, this is all part of, 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 and parcel of the system, the massive corruption, human trafficking, uh, how much is a, a life worth to somebody. And really, even, even we've had so many scandals in the past where even undertakers are stripping corneas off eyes of corpses and all the rest of it and take money and the public don't even know what's happening. Everybody is out for utter greed, because it's called winning. And morals, if you notice, go out the window. Every few years it gets worse and worse and worse. Morals get chucked out the window altogether. And also, too, uh, the GM crops, they had to get pushed in because uh, the big boys want it. They want total control over all foodstuffs of the world, the entire planet. That's a lot of power. And the water, too, mind you. And going back to Carl Quigley uh, on his Anglo-American establishment, the Royal Institute of International Affairs, Council on Foreign Relations, a hundred years ago they set up this organization to take over all the resources of the world, everything that humanity would need. The private boys that started it up and their big international corporations and their banks would own it all. And we're going through that transition. GM Crops, UK Environment Secretary to push for relaxation of EU rules. In a speech next week, Owen Patterson is expected to announce the government's intentions to start a, n- a new debate within Europe, it says. You could, environment scientists lobby the EU to relax strict regulations on growing GM crops for human consumption for fears of being, here we go, that old thing they started with, even with the EU referendum. Oh, if you don't join it, you'll be left behind. Using the same term, oh, if you don't use this GM stuff, you'll be left behind. Same rubbish. Remember, they said if you don't join the EU, you'd be left behind and you'd get no jobs, no work. Look at the state that Europe's in today. The highest job levels they've ever had in their history. And they're all bankrupt. They're bailing each other out for the private central banks. Same cons keep working. I guess they don't have to change the cons. And it says the International Monetary Fund needs third reform and Russia will push for deals giving developing countries more clout and time for a G20 summit is hosting in September, said Putin in a remarks published Friday. In an interview with Russian state news agency RIA before next week's G8 summit in Northern Ireland, Putin emphasized Russia's role as current G20 president and next year's leader of the group of eight industrialized nations. He makes criticism and praise, getting in his digs at the West, but casting Russia as a constructive partner eager to help. Now, as I've said before, um, 
the, the, G, the G20 summit and so on, and the International Monetary Fund, the IMF. The IMF is a private institution. It's under the umbrella of the Bank for International Settlements based in Switzerland, a private institution set up again by the boys who set up the private Royal Institute of International Affairs, who said they would take over the world through financial systems. And they're now running all your countries for you. And you think it's all quite natural because you'd never find out what they are and who set them up and what their goals are. Private business owns us. They own what used to be called nations. They own everything you need to survive in the world today. And what's left, they're going after it. But by every means possible, including using armies. That's what wars are about. And also, an article too from the Daily Express, Europe is destroying the foundations of her way of life. Nothing is safe from the megalomaniac European Union, not even the television entertainment. And its remorseless hunger for power, Brussels now exerts a form of cultural imperialism over the airwaves. And what it's about, the Britain's Got Talent show, you know, each country has their, their, their talent shows. Well, that they award it to a Hungarian group because it was, it was, it would be prejudicial not to allow them to win it. So how could, why do you call it Britain's Got Talent? But again, this is, a, this is a minor thing compared to what's going on because the Europe was designed to destroy, this European Union, to destroy all the cultures down the road. They're already brainwashing the children in school with the new curriculum where they admit all history. All their history starts at year zero when they formed the European Union. Tonight, too, I'll put up, uh, uh, it's called Colour for Pipes in the Dales, and it's about... Um, Google's massive data centers. Now, Google was set up by MI6 and the NSA and CIA. It's an organization that belongs to them, but it's private again. Semi-private. And they, they, remember, all economics in all times, all secret services work for economic reasons for their nations, or those big boys who own their nations. That's how it was in the 1800s and 1900s. And whenever they go abroad, their whole thing is to make sure that the big trade deals go through. And anybody who was going to stop a trade deal is simply removed by one way or another or bought off. Today, they don't have to do so much of that. They still do it, but they do have um, the NSA. And the NSA sells all the data to all the big boys who've got shares in it all, see, because all work together. So all these big agencies that they pretend to do all about terror are actually making sure that the big boys who own the world stay up there in power and get richer and richer and richer. That's what it's about. There's an article, too, from Bloomberg talking about that, too. I've mentioned this for years. That's, of course, I've always been doing this stuff. The whole money system is a racket, complete racket. It's all insider information. How do you get it? You get it by spying. And they've got all the data, who's investing, who's thinking of investing, all the chat between different people thinking of investing and so on. And they know exactly what's going to happen, who's going to go, they know where the shares are going to go up to, etc., what shares there are, all that kind of stuff. That's how these boys at the top are acquiring wealth like never before. That's nothing to do with catching some guy with some fake thing in his underpants that might blow up. That's what it's about, folks. It's time you all woke up. You're truly, truly living in a box. Tonight, too, I put up chemtrail patents, such as Bernard Eastland patent, 
And it says uh, atmospheric geoengineering is occurring in the skies daily on a worldwide basis for those who doubt the feasibility of these operations to take a look at the following patterns. And one is a method approach for altering a region in the Earth's atmosphere, ionosphere, and or magnetosphere. And I've got the patent numbers and so on, Eastland, August 11th, 1987. A method and apparatus for altering at least one selected region which normally exists above the Earth's surface. The region is excited by electron and cyclotron resonance. Heating to thereby uh, increases charged particle density. In one embodiment, circulatory polarized electromagnetic radiation is transmitted upwards in direction substantially parallel to along a field line which extends to the region of plasma to be altered. Then they show you the stuff which they spray in the air to alter it. And they've got some different methods of altering the weather. Uh, and I'll put this whole article up tonight too. One is, one is also for absorbing ultralight uh, violet radiation using dispersed melanin. That's one of them. Another one's using polymer. That's the kind of bluey stuff that you see them spraying. Like the white stuff ends up being blue. It's like looking through a, a, a blue barrier of plastic or something. And also how to stop rain in certain areas. That causes drought. And how to make it flood in other areas as well. This is old stuff, but it's all out there in the patents and it's being used. And there are a lot of them use uh, the stuff we always find in rainwater these days, aluminum and so on. Always find it. And this article too, <laughs> it's quite something because Sweden generally is so promiscuous because they were going to be an avant-garde communistic without calling themselves communist and they left the feminist revolutions and so on in their countries and now they're going to ban bestiality. It's just astonishing. Eh? Back with more after this. Hi folks, we're back, cutting through the matrix. And I'll, I'll put this one up tonight too, just before I go to a caller, I'll mention to you that Sweden is, is banning bestiality. But don't worry, the US would make all that stuff in California, they'll soon bring it back on, in, into vogue again, don't worry about it. Plus Obama slated to name five openly gay homosexual foreign ambassadors to spread the word of and export the thing abroad. And also Obama uses third grade st- students to introduce him at the gay pride event with their, with their two mums. Now, there's Keith from England on the phone. Are you there, Keith? Yeah, hi, Alan. How are you doing? Uh, yeah, uh, how are you? Uh, I've just been uh, in London after attending the uh, Bilderberg process. Yeah. And uh, I was able to, well, I thought I'd stop by, you know, the uh, Tavistock Institute. Yeah. Uh, and it's true that the, uh, the Beatles are actually a product of the Tavistock Institute. Have you heard this or? No. Have I heard this now? No, go ahead. Yeah. Right, yeah. So now I'm just asking if you're aware of the, uh, the Beatles actually, um, you know, coming from the Tavistock Institute. Uh huh. No, I hadn't heard that. Uh, that's, my question. that's my question, Alan. Uh huh. And, well, I, I tell you, um, it's hard to make it out, actually, if you mentioned the Beatles, is it? The Beatles, to do with uh, the Bilderberg thing. I can't really say. I know they've taken different stars in there in the past. I think one attended recently. Uh, I'm not sure what star it was. They even bring comedians in because they get bored there with their 10-minute speechings. And um, what they really do there is swap investment portfolios uh, and get a run down by the NSA as to what the big moves are for, for world tax money to go into big corporations where in the world. 
It's the same that all the meetings the United Nations have about their investments too. Uh, and um, as even the ones for, for women's uh, programs, etc., women's businesses in Africa, you'll find uh, they have the, the, the big meetings. The UN actually tells which ones to attend, and they know that if it's guaranteed by tax money from abroad, they can go and invest in it too, and it's a guaranteed winner. Everything's a racket. I mean, everything's a racket, but nothing to do with what you ever think it's to do. But at the Bilderberger Conference, even those guys too, uh, they knew at the very, very beginning when they set it up, back in Holland, their first meeting, that they would have um, a world run by private organizations and, and gradually phase out and privatize government institutions department by department. Uh, and that's where we are today. They said it was inevitable because they were going to make it inevitable, which has happened. And at the same time, they would train the public to accept this situation, which the public already has. Now, with the computer systems that we have today, uh, and the fact that you have no rights on the computer, and you're constantly told this, you've been trained, you've got no rights, uh, then you have a decision to make. Most make the same decision, which is, well, I want to use it, so it doesn't matter what they're looking at, and you give it all up, and now you, you succumb to it. You, you accept, in a sense, you have no privacy, and technically you don't mind being a slave. There are happy slaves in the system. And that's why they've given you lots and lots and lots of entertainment like never before. Uh, there's lots of, of escapism as the world gets worse and worse for you. And yet it's not where, where it's going to go when they begin complete austerity. It's going to be like the old science fiction movies with the private armies and, and all the black gear rummaging over the rubble and that used to be people's homes and the folk living in rags down below. That's austerity for you. And the elite of the, the worlds believe that they will go on into a, a glorious future as we all die off. And they really mean having us die off with the poison food, with the masses of vaccinations coming out. Uh, they're already saying, oh, half of you are going to die of cancer. Get used to it. That's getting taught in medical school now. So uh, we're being killed off, slow kill, of course, and sterility as well for the West. So that's how things really are. Plus, understand the BBC turned up at the Bilderberg and tried to put on some kind of farce play there, but they were, they were toughed out to make it all, all the more ridiculous too, as far as the protesters went, to make them look ridiculous as well. That's what they do. But really, they go to the Sherpas first. They know the agenda, not the guys who meet and swig the booze. But, uh, so from Hamish myself on Chair Canada, it's good night, and your God, your God's go with you.